our Lord Jesus Christ, from all eternity, was God the Son, living in a beautiful and perfect communion with the other two divine persons of the Trinity, God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. In creation, they had made marriage and family to be the best image we have that we can see of what the interpersonal relationships within the Trinity are like. And so in a sense, it's no surprise that when our Lord Jesus took on human nature and was born on Christmas Day, that he would choose to live and to grow within a family, within the Holy Family, together with the Virgin Mary and St. Joseph. And so it is that on this Sunday each year, we have a chance to reflect upon this family. If you have a chance to visit Nazareth, you'll find the Basilica of the Annunciation built over the spot where the angel Gabriel visited the Virgin Mary, invited her to become the mother of God, and she said yes. And there the word became flesh. And then also within the same property, you'll find the Church of St. Joseph built over a building, unclear whether it was his house or his workshop, but a building associated with him. And there you'll find especially the artwork depicting the Holy Family and have the chance to reflect on how for years and for decades they lived there quietly, living their beautiful family life. Now, in the three-year cycle of the readings, depending on what options we, ch- we choose, we have a chance to look at different facets. And so this year with our readings, one of the, the themes that comes up is obedience, obedience in the family. And perhaps parents want to turn to their children and say, you see, you see, father says you're supposed to do what I say. You're supposed to be obedient. And perhaps even use a phrase I was reading recently, to be obedient, without arguing, without whining, without manipulating. It's a good phrase. Except that's not the thrust of the readings this year, is it? There is a thrust for obedience, but it's not of children to their parents, but it's of the parents obeying God. And indeed, we might especially choose the phrase, the obedience of faith. This is what we see, and therefore is an invitation to all families to live this obedience of faith in their family life. So what is it that we see? We see in the first and second readings that we were looking at Abraham. Abraham, who received the special invitation and promise of God that he would make him a great nation. And upon that promise, which Abraham believed, he was ready to be directed by the Lord to move to a land he had never seen, and there to live and to await the fulfillment of this promise for which he had to wait a very long time. He was promised to be made a great nation such that his family would be more numerous than the stars in the sky or the grains of sand on the seashore. And yet for years and years and years, it was him and Sarah and nobody else. Now, 
the reading that we have today leaves out a few things, which is that Abraham, as great an example of faith as he is, actually wasn't always a perfect example of faith. And when we read his story in Genesis, we see that he didn't always perfectly trust in this. There were two different occasions where, because of a famine, he and Sarah had to go and live in a city for a while. And he was afraid that because she was so beautiful that some man would want her so much that they'd want to kill him and take her. So he said, hey, let's tell everyone we're brother and sister. You think that worked very well? No. Brilliant idea of Abraham's. Very afraid, not trusting in the Lord, and it didn't go so well. Similarly, in between that promise of of becoming a great nation and the point when miraculously Isaac was conceived and born, he and Sarah had another brilliant idea. Hey, maybe God wants you, Abraham, to have a child with my servant, Hagar. That was a good idea. Soon enough, Sarah and Hagar can't live together and they're throwing Hagar and Ishmael out into the wilderness. But somewhere along the way, perhaps from these very experiences, from Abraham learning how things didn't go well when he disobeyed God and tried to work things himself, and how well they did when he did obey God, he learned. He learned until eventually he reached the point where after Isaac was born, at the point that the Lord asked him to give him Isaac as a sacrifice, even though that made no sense whatsoever, he had gotten to the point where he was ready to trust the Lord completely. He didn't know what the Lord had intended, but by this point, he trusted him completely. And he knew that whatever he was asking was the best. And of course, we see what happens, that, that the Lord changed things at the last moment. Abraham, in his faith in coming to trust the Lord in spite of what was going on in his life, in spite of what he was afraid of, in spite of his own ideas, but to trust the Lord above all things exhibited this obedience in faith. If we look then to the Holy Family, the Gospel reading today is the presentation of the Lord, which we celebrate on February 2nd, 40 days after Christmas. And we see that there... They go from Bethlehem to the temple. Why? To present Jesus to God? But he was God the Son. He had been with God the Father from all eternity. To purify Mary? But she had been conceived immaculate. Surely there was no person less needing purification in the human race than her. But they went in obedience because they were part of the chosen people and they knew that God had given the law and they wanted to be obedient to this law. And so out of obedience, to fulfill all the law's requirements, they went to the temple. And in the temple, what did they hear? They heard from Simeon not only the signs of God continuing to work in others' lives with regard to Jesus, but also some bad news. They knew already that Jesus was the Son of God, Jesus was the descendant of David, that his kingdom would have no end, all those promises made. But from Simeon, they heard that things were going to get a lot harder. 
that Jesus would be resisted and opposed, that there would be a controversy over him, and that Mary herself would experience something, a sorrow like a sword piercing her soul. They learned that things were going to get very hard and very painful in the future. And therefore, knowing that, how would they respond? How would they respond knowing that this is what lay ahead? We know that they responded, continuing to trust the plan of God and continuing to be obedient at every step, even as they lived through what storms lay ahead. If God invited this obedience of faith from Abraham and also from the Holy Family, does he invite any less from human families right now? Even though no one family here is the start of the people of Israel or the family of the Son of God as such, nevertheless, Each one of the baptized has a call from God. No one is outside of his plan or his notice, but he has a special plan for each one. And therefore, an imitation of what we see in the Holy Family and in Abraham and Sarah, not only within our lives individually, but within the lives of families, he invites this obedience of faith. An obedience, if possible, without arguing, without whining, without manipulating. And this might come in three phases, the three sort of categories in imitation of what we see with regard to following his commands, even when the world or our life circumstances might push us otherwise. With regard to making choices, with regard to priorities. And finally, with regard to weathering the storms. In the first category, the choice, the need to follow his directives even when the world pushes us otherwise. Thus, for those who are preparing for marriage, to follow his direction not to live together, not to be sexually active with each other, even though the world pushes otherwise, but to believe his word that this is not the way that he wants us to live. It is not the way to blessing. Or when married, not to give in to the temptation to use contraception, but rather to learn how to use natural family planning. Or if, like Abraham and Sarah, finding it difficult to conceive children, to seek out only those forms of technology which will, will assist conception through natural sexual relations of the husband and wife, and not something like in vitro fertilization which would replace it. In these and in other areas, the world tells us otherwise. Circumstances push upon us. Are we ready to trust him and to say, Lord, you created me and the human family and sexuality and procreation and I trust you that you know what you're doing when you're telling me what to do. If this first area is very clear, The next two are not so clear. The second category might be those times when different choices need to be made, weighing one thing against another. And perhaps especially this would come in the area of parents being busy with work 
and children being busy with activities like lessons or sports. We know which way the world pushes us, but there are different times, but of course this would vary with each situation, where it might be necessary to choose not to take this job, not to work these hours, not to add this lesson or this sport, because the family needs more time together, or the practice of the faith needs more time. And listening to the Lord and seeing what his invitation is to choose those priorities and to live that family life. And then finally, that third category, when things get hard. Just as the Holy Family was shown that things were going to get hard for them. We know that those traditional marriage vows speak of for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness or in health, and sometimes things turn out to have more worse, more poorer, more sickness than maybe you're bargaining for. And in this point, the trust in God means perseverance. Perseverance in trusting Him. Perseverance in being ready to stay the course and to live and give yourself in love rather than pull back. Even when things are going badly. Even when one spouse is resisting living in openness and love. Even when one child is experiencing great difficulties or even choosing the wrong path. Even when experiencing these or external sufferings. Be ready to stay the course. To keep trusting God. To keep on living in love in spite of the difficulties. We know from the examples we've looked at today that it is not easy. But if we ask them, Abraham, Sarah, Mary, Joseph, is it worth it? And what will they say? Yes. And we know, especially looking at the Holy Family, in spite of the difficult experiences that they had to live through, what would we give to be able to spend even one day with them? Because we know that in their family life and their relationships, what blessedness, what joy, what peace was present there? What would we give to spend just a day in that family? And this is why we follow the Lord. This is why we trusted Him. This is why we believe and obey in faith. Because this is what He can make. Abraham and Sarah say to us, it's worth it. It's worth it to follow his directives. Mary and Joseph say to us, live that family life. and Let him be, let Jesus be the center of your family too. So that having lived this life now, one day we can join them to heaven and hear them say personally, you did it. It was worth it, wasn't it? It was worth it to obey in faith without complaining or whining or manipulating. To obey in faith just like the Holy Family.